Welcome to the Perky Collar Radio Show, where we talk to entrepreneurs from across the globe to learn why they started their company, what mistakes they've made, what they learned from those mistakes, and they all share an incredible success story. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Perky Collar Radio Show. I'm your host, David M. Frankel. Today, I'm so excited for my guest, Dr. Matt Budovich, who's the founder of Budovich Chiropractic. How are you this morning, I'm Dr. great, Matt? David. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the time and, um, you know, happy to be sure. here. Excellent. I appreciate taking the time and between patients and squeezing us in. So let's kick off with the why. Why did you start uh, Budovich Chiropractic? You know, um, <laughs> Long and short of it, you know, when we first met, I, I told you a little bit about my background. Grew up in an entrepreneur type family. Um, you know, my dad owned a dry cleaners. His dad owned a dry cleaners. So family business was, you know, in my lineage. And um, but I really had a heart for helping people. And so um, I meshed the two and funnel that passion through chiropractic and decided to start my own business because the principles that my family taught me, you know, um, work for yourself. Sky's the limit. Work really hard. Um, you know, entrepreneur lifestyle is the best for you know family and time. So that's kind of why I started the practice, um, and you know, haven't looked back. So, being that your family is in the dry cleaning business, was it a difficult conversation to say, "Hey, you know what, guys, I love you. I love dry cleaning. However, chiropractic is really you know, exciting." <laughs> That's a, an interesting question because it definitely was, you know, um, it was almost like my, my grandpa, especially I think was more hurt by it than my dad because he thought, well, Hey, like we developed this for the family. You know, we had our blood, sweat, tears, years of work to, to create this. And you're basically saying, Oh, you want to go to school now and you want to do something different. Uh, my dad was a little more lenient. You know, I think he was more supportive of whatever I wanted to do. But um, at the same time, yeah, it was a little difficult. And, you know, did I look back a couple times and think to myself, man, like, this is a really tough road. I could easily just like hang it up and go back to the family business. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, I definitely did think about that a couple times. But, um, you know, I, I think that's what it is when you have family that, you know, try and prov provide the best for their kids. Um, you know, you want your kids to kind of follow suit in what they provided for them. So that was definitely a point of contention. I also think that as a mentor, you have a father and a grandfather that can kind of guide you on what to buy, what not to buy, what to do, what not to do. It almost reminds me of like a scene from The Godfather. It's like, you're a Budovich. <laughs> you must go into dry cleaning, not right. chiropractic. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and I don't think they really understood the whole, you know, um, college route because neither of them went to college. My dad had the opportunity to go to college, you know, had a full ride from Penn State and decided not to go for electrical engineering, um, but decided to stay in the family business. And I think that was a huge decision for him, you know, because he has four kids. I mean, I, I know you know how it goes with kids. Uh, you got six of them, but, you know, he had four kids. And honestly, I grew up and saw my dad work really, really hard. Um, but I, I felt like I really, you know, was had a blessed life. Um, and my dad created that for me, you know? Did you ever ask him, was dry cleaning really his passion or did he do it because his father expected him to do it? Uh, we never really had that conversation, but just based off of kind of what I've seen from my dad over the years, especially now that I'm older and we have more, I guess, 
you know, mature conversations is my dad is just one of those people who wanted to provide for his family, saw that that would be a good way to do it. Um, he knew that wealth, true wealth comes from ownership and working for somebody, you always had that ceiling. And so I saw my dad for years, you know, he only had one store and he worked that store really, really hard. And then he, you know, had two and then he had three, you know? And so I saw that my dad made the investment over the years um, and saw that, like, I don't think he really mattered. Like it didn't matter to him about college anymore. You know, it didn't matter to him about the decision. It was kind of like, oh yeah, like this is totally fine because I think the ultimate uh, driving force for him was, you know, his faith and then taking care of family. And he could fulfill both of those uh, with what he chose. And he seems happy. Yeah. You know, um, I can't say that it wasn't super stressful because, you know, owning a business isn't the, the <laughs> easiest thing in the world, especially when you right. have ups and downs, you know, think about 2000, 2008, 2009, and then, uh, you know, coronavirus, not many people are, uh, wearing suits, ties, slacks, uh, getting a lot of shirts laundered like they used to. So, you know, in business, you have ups and downs. And, you know, I just saw him stay steady through all of it and say, you know, we're just going to adapt. Um, he made some really smart business decisions. He never overextended himself. So I learned a lot there in terms of just like keeping good margins, keeping overhead low. Um, but at the same time, it was just like, yeah, I mean, I think he had a really stressful life. He was just really good at uh, ensuring that the kids didn't know that. And we saw it as we grew up, though. Yeah, that's a very yeah. special skill. And I think every man tries to keep those stresses and those challenges and those setbacks to themselves and so not to worry the spouse, right. not to worry the children. Uh, it's definitely yes. a special skill. Uh, and obviously, not following the family footsteps of dry cleaning, you're now in uncharted territory by starting your own chiropractic world because they haven't dealt with the mistakes. They haven't dealt with the challenges and can't That's guide true. you as yeah. much. So yeah. was there ever a time, it was ever a time where they said, see, I told you she didn't write to me, not chiropractic. <laughs> no, no, they've never said that. <laughs> you know, I think they've, they've questioned it secretly. Um, you know, and when I started my business uh, about 14, 15 months ago, I think my dad was just hoping for the best, but he never like spoke negativity to me. Um, you know, he was always very supportive, but I remember like when I went to start out, you know, uh, I've been out of school for about five, five and a half years now. And when I went to start out, I wanted to open up a practice, but like when you first get out of school, you're in debt, you have zero business experience in terms of like a bank to loan you a six figure loan. And so I had to go to work for somebody else. And there's a whole story to that too. But I remember my dad saying, I call him up and say, dad, like, what about this? What do you think about this? And I remember him saying like, Matt, you know, I, um, I don't know anything about chiropractic. I don't know anything about medical practice. Like you're going to have to go and you're going to have to find somebody to help you out in that because I, you're right. I mean, it was unfamiliar to them. I mean, business principles, uh, themselves, you know, go across the board, you know, success principles, they don't change, you know, over years. But whenever you're talking about such a, uh, you know, chiropractic is such a specialty. You know, the way a practice is run is so specialty. Uh, you know, my dad had no experience in it. So I had to go and I would cold call chiropractors who are ahead of me 20, 30 years to try and figure out like, yeah, and ask similar questions. What kind of mistakes did you make? Like, how would you do it differently? Like, um, you know, where are you at right now? You know, all of those things. So I think you're right. My dad realized and my grandpa passed 
before I, you know, got to that point, but my dad definitely realized that there were limitations to his advice because I was in a whole different ball game. Yeah. Makes sense. And I'm sure it's hard for him, but he, he wants to help you. He wants to see you be sure. successful, but because he didn't have that experience, he's not able to help you as much exactly as he'd like right. to. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. So it's a, so it's a good segue. Let's talk about some of the mistakes you made because we're all human. You know, obviously a new business for you and your family. Uh, we're going to make some mistakes in growing and scaling and staffing, things like that. Can you name a couple of mistakes maybe you made? But most importantly, for all the listeners, where did you learn from those mistakes? Sure, yeah. You know, I think about this a lot. Um, I think I decreased the amount of mistakes that I made by working for other chiropractors for a number of years before I you know, decided to do my own thing. And I also took a lot of advice from chiropractors who were in the game for a good while. And so I decreased a lot of the mistakes that I potentially could have made in terms of, you know, high overhead, low margin, you know, what insurance does to the game, why cash-based systems are best, you know, how to provide good care for patients. Um, you know, but I think still to this day, I look back and I think one of the biggest mistakes that I've made was just not trusting in myself and my abilities earlier in the game. I, um, you know, I, I, I'm a type one enneagram, so I'm, you know, really black and white. I, I, you know, I'm more of a judger, uh, you know, but I'm more difficult on me than anyone else. And so being so difficult on yourself, and I think you probably could speak to this too over the years of you being in business, that you just think to yourself, man, now that I'm doing it, like I wish I would have done it sooner. But for some reason, I just didn't believe that I could. And so I held myself back and I just didn't get started. I didn't get started. I was, you know, I would keep putting it off. Oh, once I get to this point. Oh, once I learned that. Oh, once I achieve that, you know. And now I'm starting to realize as I look back, like, you know, it, it, it happened when it happened. But, you know, I didn't really believe in myself and believing in yourself in yourself and your product and, you know, whatever you're trying to put forth to add value to the world and your clients um, is very important. And so I had to learn the mistake of, you know, not believing in myself and not presenting other people with things that could potentially help them because of that. And so that was one mistake. Um, I'm sure I can think of more. I, I don't know how much time I have, but yeah, that, um, let's see, any other mistakes? I think time management, you know, learning time management was another thing. I wasn't really good at college in. Um, I had to learn it over time, but a mistake that I make even up to this point is, you know, you're limited on time. You only have 24 hours in the day. And so those hours spent are, are very important hours. So am I, you know, spending them to the abilities that I need to spend them to get the best rate of return on what I need for that day or that week in my business, in my family, uh, whatever. So I know I've made mistakes in the past and those are some things that I'm growing through right now and learning through. So. And Matt, also, what about in time management of just your skill set? For example, a lot of people, when they start a practice, there's so many components that people don't realize, not only seeing the patients, but also marketing the practice and hiring someone for the front desk and hiring someone that can do other types of adjustments that maybe you don't have the skill set for or maybe just don't want to do it. Uh, you know, getting someone to come in, you know, find x-ray machines so you can do different types of sports injuries and so on and so forth. Is there anything along the way where you're like, I just got to stop doing these things because I'm not good at it. I don't like it and find someone that's really good at it. And they also like it. Did you find that ever um, an issue? You know, 
question, David, because, uh, you know, chiropractic, you could become so diverse. And you're right. I mean, you could do sports, you could do kids, you can do nutrition, you can do acupuncture, you can do neurology, you could do whatever, you know, there's so many diversities in chiropractic. And I think one of the things that uh, is a is a failure in the chiropractic realm is we're not really good at creating the internal network to say like, oh, hey, um, I'm going to send you here because they're a specialist in family, I'm going to send you here because they're a specialist in headaches, you know what I mean? Um, you know, chi right. chiropractors, I think, and this is to the fault of our whole entire profession is um, we try and take the world on our shoulders and think to ourselves, oh, well, I can treat anybody or anything. And to we, we do learn such a diverse set of skills that, you know, a lot of chiropractors are good at doing that. Um, you know, and I think I'm still in the beginning stages of creating those networks because that trust level has to be there. Hey, I'm going to send you down here to Dr. So-and-so and they're going to see you for this. And at some point, I'm going to get you back. And um, it just doesn't happen a lot in chiropractic. And I don't know why. And so, you know, what I try to do is this. Um, you know, if I have a patient that comes in and wants my care, uh, a lot of times, you know, there's that level of trust that's built. Uh, you know, with a patient over time, you build a, a level of rapport. And so say, you know, they're in their 40s, 50s, whatever, and they want me to treat a 10-year-old. Uh, you know, maybe a niece, nephew, kid, whatever, you know, in traditional medical models, you know, if you came to me and you had a knee issue and I was a knee doctor, you know, and I thought, well, this isn't a knee issue. It's a foot issue. What do I do? I send you to a podiatrist, you know, I send you to someone who works with feet uh, in chiropractic. It's not that way. And so, you know, that's the importance of the continuing education piece. You know, you always have to be learning, always have to be growing because people are diverse and there's diversities within the, the, the diverseness of the population. And so, um, you know, age groups, gender, uh, you know, challenges with the neck, low back, gut, brain, thyroid, whatever, um, you know, that's why you always have to be learning and growing because there's not specialization in chiropractic like you would think in the traditional medical model. So I, I, I hope that helps answer your question. Well, definitely. And I think it's very important because again, like you said, chiropractor is meant to be a general uh, expertise, but there's a lot of some specialist uh, injuries and different things to treat. And it's hard to be, you know, able to be great at everything. So you want to recommend other people and or have a specialist yourself, I think is a key component. Right, for sure. And, and I think, you know, developing that network is very important. Yeah, I think business people to follow the same way. Like, hey, I'm a great inventor, but I'm not a great marketer. Hey, I'm a great marketer. I'm not great at creating things. Hey, I'm great at online marketing, but I'm not great at, uh, you know, maybe print marketing. So I think we all have our things we really love, we enjoy, we salivate over every morning. Mm -hmm. And there's some things we have to do as a business owner, like maybe our financials, or maybe it's green the people. Maybe we're more of a behind the scenes kind of entrepreneur or business owner. So I think we all have our specialists. We do have to get outside our comfort zone. I think that's an important part of growing. But at the same time, if we can hire someone to do the things we're not good at or we don't enjoy, then the practice you know, becomes a, a team-based practice where everyone does their own thing to make everything run smoothly. Right. You know, you bring up a really, really good point. And going back real quick to like some of the mistakes that I've made, um, you know, when I first started out in practice, part of the reason I did this is because I had to. But, you know, I did my own website. I did my own Facebook. I did my own Instagram. I did this. I did that. You know, I tried to wear all the hats. And then once I started to get busier – I started to realize, well, man, my website, my website doesn't look that good. You know what I mean? Like 
I thought it looked good, but then I would ask other people who knew about websites and they're like, oh, you should change this, this, and this. Oh, why is that like that? Oh, yeah, this is wrong. You know, so that's when, like you said, you know, I had to take a step back and say, man, I, I got to find somebody who's really good at doing websites. I got to find somebody who's like really good at SEO optimi optimization. I need to find someone who's like really good at marketing because I'm not. And so, yeah, I think that's a valid point in business that, uh, um, you know, I just don't have the time to spend to do all those things and figure them all out. And so, you know, outsourcing those really helped me out. And that was something I had to learn. Indeed. And it's humbling. You know, we can't be great at everything. And that's okay. And the entrepreneurs that can scale and can hire people to do things they're not great at are the ones that really see a business grow. Sure. But I think initially, when you first start out, because of money and because of lack of revenue, you try and do as much as you can by yourself. Right. Until you find the point where you just can't do everything, you got to start hiring out. That's right. And then there's the making the right people and hiring the right people, have the website the way you want it to look. Does it match your vision? Does it not match your vision? All those different things start happening and you know, having to fire and hire someone new and all those challenges happen. But in the back of your mind, like if I've done it myself, it'll turn out great. But truly, like you said, it may have turned out great visually, but maybe not behind the scenes, maybe not in the coding, maybe not in the, like you said, the SEO and the you know, other components of a website and the meta tags and the pictures, descriptions. It may not have you know, been seen by Google effectively because you don't have that background. So it's, it's just one of those challenges that we try and be great at everything. And as the practice grows, we get better at certain things and we let other people do things that they're better at, which I think is important. Yeah, I think it's a good lesson for any entrepreneur to learn. But, you know, when you're an employee, like I was for a number of years working for somebody else, the drive for me to own my own place was, I think I can do it better. You know what I mean? I think I, think I can add some value here that isn't being added. You know, um, so when you first get out, you think, oh, okay, well, you know, I can do this. I can do that. I can do this. And then you kind of need to reel it back and say, okay, well, I don't have time to do all that. And I realized I'm not good at half of that. So now I have to find those people that are. And I think that was a humbling lesson to learn, but very beneficial at the same time. Exactly. Let's share a success story. Uh, maybe it's a patient that came to you with a certain challenge. Other chiropractors couldn't help him or her. And you found the source, you diagnosed it, you, you gave some therapy, some adjustments, and now they're doing great. And you can't be more proud of the quality of life they now have as a result of your therapy. Sure. Um, <laughs> so a success story. You know, this is an interesting question. Uh, Everyone's a success yeah, story. Yeah. You know, I, I, everyone is in a way, you know, and I, I'll give you a couple examples. You know, um, this morning I just saw a kid. Uh, I say kid, he's 28, you know, um, used to run 50 to 70 miles a week, just like a year and a half ago. And then developed a hip issue. And he had this hip issue for, you know, ever since he came to see me uh, three months ago when we started and, uh, you know, went to PT, went to an ortho, got, you know, imaging done, uh, just, you know, got some traction with the PT, but otherwise just, you know, couldn't get much done. And it kept him from running. So he would run a mile or two and, you know, then he'd have to stop because the hip pain was just getting so bad. And so one of the things I'd love to do is, I, and I tell this to every patient, you know, you're on a journey. I might be on this journey for just a small time or we might be on this journey for a long time together. But to me, every patient co that comes in is a little bit of a puzzle. And so I just need to figure out, you know, where the pieces go and, you know, what pieces might have been missed in the past that I can kind of find where they go and put it together. And so, you know, after, you know, examining him, 
realized that some, some of the glutes weren't firing. So some of his butt muscles were not firing. So we need to figure out how to turn those back on and then how to strengthen them. So it would strengthen the hip. And even though he was having hip pain in the front, um, you know, the back of the hip was actually more of the issue. And so he came in this morning and he said, you know, I, I check in with him once a week. You know, I don't over treat people if I don't have to. So I've been seeing him once a week and he came in this morning. And he, I said, well, how's, how's things doing? And he said, you know, things are going really well. And I said, well, tell me about it. And he said, I ran 36 miles last week. And um, that's the, the most I've run like in a number of years, you know, a year and a half, two years. I said, well, that's great. That's awesome. But, you know, we're focusing on some other things too, you know, diet, nutrition, which is also important. Um, so that, that's a success story. I'll tell you one more. Um, I have an older lady. She's in her 50s, late 50s. Uh, she came to me with hip pain. So she had uh, a left-sided hip pain, fixed that, you know, uh, two weeks go by, you know, she started on the right side. And so I was like, okay, well, this is interesting. So I started to treat the right side of the hip, um, trying to figure out things, you know, and I, I thought I had it all together. You, you know, a couple of weeks go by and, you know, nothing is changing. And this pain is just all the time, constant, bothering her sleep, whatnot. Um, and that's when I realized, like, I don't think I'm on the right track for this. And so um, I got together with, you know, her primary care and got some blood work and got a urinalysis. And here she had a uh, UTI, which is a urinary tract infection. And that infection was bothering her hip because of some reflexes and, you know, the infection being in her bladder and such. And so I think that's a success story because uh, although I couldn't fix her, I don't think fixing people is always the success. I think getting them where they need to go. Um, and that's what I mean when I say, uh, you know, I'm on a journey with someone either longer term or short term. And I don't know if I'm the right person for them every time, but if I can at least add value in the point where I can help them get where they need to go, to me, that's a success. And I think it's for a lot of businesses, probably yours too. I mean, in, in inventions, um, you know, you don't see people all the time. You're, sh you know, short instances with individuals, but I'm sure, you know, you get them where they need to go or help them out, you know, probably get that job or, you know, score that interview or whatever uh, with your inventions. And, you know, that to you is a huge success. Agreed. And they, and they think of me every time they put my devices on. That's the best. Well, part. yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure as every time they, a young man goes for a run, he thinks of you. It's like one for Dr. Budovich. I wouldn't be running this 36 right. miles. Thank you, Dr. Budovich, for making my life more complete. Yeah. And just for my audience members, just a uh, caveat about the age uh, comment you made, an older woman. Uh, my audience is like 20 to 60. So even if you're in your 50s, you're not considered older. <laughs> 70s, 80s, 90s, that's considered older to my that's listening true. audience. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. You know, I heard it this way. If you if you take the first 20 years of your life and just call it a wash, you know, and if the average lifespan is is at 80 years old, right, uh, 50 is technically halfway through your life. So my fault. Yeah, I, I apologize yeah. to your viewers, too, for calling anyone old. Uh, you know, they should call themselves old when they're ready, I guess. <laughs> She was just older than the first success right. story than you, know, you mentioned. That's all. Older than. Yes, That's what we got to yeah. clarify. Yeah. So. Well, Dr. Matt, I, I really appreciate your time, and I respect uh, your time greatly, so I want to wrap it up for you. Uh, anything I didn't cover in the interview that you want to share with the audience? And then in closing, if you can share, how people can get a hold of you? Phone number, website, email, uh, social media handles, things like that. Yeah. Um, so, David, the only thing is 
you know, I call myself a chiropractor. I, I love the word chiropractor. Um, like we talked about in diversification, chiropractors are all different. Um, you know, the reason why I don't do, uh, you know, working for somebody else and I open up my own business was I just wanted to treat people more holistically. And so I added in like chiropractic, I do acupuncture, I do nutrition, um, because, you know, people weren't just physical beings. They have, you know, chemical reactions and structures and they have mental, emotional components. Um, so we talk about all of that. You know, I try and address a lot of different things in my appointments with, you know, with patients. And so I try to be as more diverse and more holistic uh, than I used to be. You know, people with neck pain, get them out of pain, they're gone. Um, but, you know, what if they had thyroid issues? What if they had brain fog issues? What if they had gut issues? You know, so I want to address all those. So, you know, we didn't cover kind of what I do, but that's kind of what I do is I'm just feel like I'm more holistic than I used to be. And that's just to provide that extra added level of value to, to, to people that, you know, might have trouble getting that somewhere else. Um, in terms of social media, sure. I'm, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on Instagram at, uh, at Dr. Budovich, that's Dr. Budovich. And then, you know, they could go to my website, drbudovich.com. Um, they can, you know, I have a text line. So 757-755-5565 is my text line. And I welcome anyone to text me, um, you know, at any, at any point about questions of their health or maybe if they wanted to get in contact with me to schedule an appointment or whatever. So I just try and make it really easy for people to access, uh, you know, my care. And, uh, you know, or they can email me at uh, contact us at drbudovich.com. So if you, you need to know how to spell Budovich, it's B-U-D as in David, uh, which is your name, David, A-V as in Victor, and then I-C-H is how that's spelled. So, Excellent. Well, you could be like the next Dr. Ruth, just go by Dr. Buddha. Okay, I could do that too, but people Even might you know, think I'm <laughs> trying to be Buddhist or something. I don't know. <laughs> that's true. There might be some, there might be some challenges right, there as yeah. well. <laughs> You're Keep right. it simple. Well, very good. Well, Dr. Matt, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I love what you do. I love the holistic approach versus just treating a symptom or a problem uh, and trying to help them discover what the problem is. And if you can't solve them or fix them, you refer them out to someone that can. And I think that takes a lot of pride as well and not trying to do everything for everybody and just uh, diagnose what's happening and making them a better person, feel better, look better, and so on and so forth, which is the ultimate right. goal. Thank you, David, so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. This has been just an honor. So my, my pleasure, sir. You have you a wonderful too. Thank afternoon. You. Thank you. What is the Perky Collar? It is a collar support system for dress shirts. That's right. Over 18,000 of these amazing devices have been sold globally. How does it work? Lift the collar, add the Perky Collar with the long tapered ends on top, lower your collar on top. Adjust to make sure it's even around the collar, and that's it. You've now transformed your droopy, saggy dress shirt collar to a brand new looking dress shirt, ready to tackle sweaters, jackets, blazers, and the collar still stays nice and tall. How do you find it? The website is perkyllc.com. That's spelled P as in Paul, E as in Elephant, R as in Robert, K as in Kangaroo, Y as in Yo-Yo, LLC, LarryLarryCharlie.com. That's perkyllc.com. Get yours today, or if you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, visiting or live here, feel free to come by South Park Mall's kiosk located between Francesca's and Toomey. Best entrance is Maggiano's and Cheesecake Factory. See you soon. Look your best. Have a great day.